0: All right, good to see you in the Lord, House of the Lord this evening. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, looking at verse, verses 17 to the end of the chapter. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, who he remembers one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing that is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So we're looking at how learning to walk with the Lord, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your word tonight. Thank you for the safety and protection. Thank you for the privilege we have to assemble together and to open your word and help us to realize that it is this. It is the word of life, and the spirit of life is in your word. We pray that you help us to understand tonight and receive thy truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in chapters 4 and 5, there is the word walk is used five times. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, We'll walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have been called, Chapter 4, verse 17 says, walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind. Chapter 5, verse 2 says, we're to walk in love as Christ also loved us. Uh, And that is, of course, keeping the commands of God. Chapter 5, verse 8, we're to walk as children of light. Chapter 5, verse 15 says, we're to walk circumspectly, that is carefully, cautiously, being aware of our surroundings and where we're going. So... But the the walk of the Christian is a spiritual walk. We're talking about, or we might say, a spiritual relationship. It's not visual. It's not visual, but spiritual. Galatians 5 and verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Uh, Romans Chapter 8 talks about this quite a bit. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1 it says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, it's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So it's a spiritual relationship. It's spiritual life. It's not a visual one. It reminds me I read the other day, It's reading a book about the home and the And the the little girl says to her grandma, Grandma, that's a picture of Jesus. But he don't talk. He don't talk. Um, And, you know, we live in a society that is visual. Much more so since the development of media and technology, the TV. You know, we've become much more visual- Stimulated, uh, You know, but the life, the Christian walk, is not visual. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Uh, you know, we, again, we live in a world where we want to see things. But the, the Christian, you know, God is a spirit. John 4, or in verse 24, says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, when God speaks to us, the way God speaks to us is not... By I'm a visual person, so to speak, but from the Spirit through His Word. By the Spirit through His Word. In John 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. Of course, the Spirit gives life, gives us new life in Christ. And the flesh profit nothing. Then He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. So the, so the Word of God is spiritual and it is life-giving. It gives us spiritual life. It gives vitality also to the physical life. Life to the physical life. Uh, you know, We, re- re- we receive of him, of him by hearing His Word preached to us and reading His Word. That's why it's so important that we spend time in the Word of God. And so, so it is a spiritual relationship and that spiritual life instructs us in the physical. If you look at this chapter and this passage we read, you know, in verse 17 says this Isaiah 4, the test and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of the mind. So they're they're empty, they're, there's there's nothing of value in a Gentile's mind, or the word Gentile is referring here not to somebody that's not a Jew, it's referring to somebody that's unsaved. It's a lost person. And, and so they walk in the vanity of their mind, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, everything is vain in life, there's no eternal purpose or eternal value, even though they are good people, what they're doing is not of eternity, it's not of eternal value, it doesn't have spiritual life, uh, it's not of God. And so they walk in the vanity, you know, it's, it, the word vanity here means perverseness or deprivation, uh, you know, the, the mind has the, the idea, of the faculty of perceiving divine things. because they So they can't receive spiritual truth. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness on him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So So he doesn't receive those things, and so he has his understanding, verse 18 says, darkened. You know, that's kind of deprived of light. He's shut out. He's alienated from one's fellowship and intimacy of really knowing God and understanding the truth of God's work. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, he's talking about perception. You can't understand God, the law of God, the laws the, the laws of nature, which are the laws of God, which God created when He created the world. You can't really understand that. And it really goes all the way down to the laws of human nature. God made man. And it's only really God that understands human nature. You know, these, these psychologists and psychiatrists who study, they study human nature but they and, and they come up with ideas and things, but they never find solutions. Why? Because they're working from a human uh, preface. You know, they're looking at that thing, everything under the sun and not looking at things from... It all starts with a right relationship with God and understanding God's purpose in life. And so, so they're blind. Uh, they're past feeling, you know, and he describes these. But, but then he says in verse 20, "...but ye have not, ye have not so learned Christ." If so be you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. So so when we, we have heard of Christ and have been taught by Him, when we've received Him as our Lord and Savior, we receive spiritual life, we receive the ability to receive spiritual truth. We receive the, really the ability to understand and know God, to know and, under, and, and understand or apply to life the law of God. You know, the reason we see so much criminal activity in our world today is because they don't understand God. See, they think that you can abort babies, and there isn't consequences. In fact, I was just, uh, it was just, um, I wrote it down somewhere. Now, I, I think I wrote it on my, I was making some minnow notes. I was reading, in my reading this week, and 2 Kings 24.4, it talks about how God, would not would not pardon Israel. This was after Ammon, or not Ammon, Manasseh's reign. And you know, no matter what Josiah did, judgment was coming. They were being deported because God could not pardon the shedding of innocent blood. You know, they had Manasseh had shed much innocent blood. You know, abortion is really not a, just a modern phenomena. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they were doing during Manasseh's reign too. You know, they were offering babies. You know, there were ways they had to abort babies even back then. But they were also offering live babies on burnt altars to those false gods. This was murder of the innocent. There was much bloodshed in the nation of Judah. You know, after the divided king, and and God said, you know he He could not overlook this; he could not pardon it because there's only one way that that land can be cleansed of its bloodshed. You know how that is? Justice must be served only by the shedding of the blood of those who shed it That's what numbers chapter thirty five tells us so so you know this is the You know, this is, you know, this is why we see the increase of crime. You know, humanism says, humanism says, you know, if we just put man in a better environment, if we just are kinder to him, if we just provide him with things, you know, it's because of their environment that they're so wicked and bad. then why are those rich? Um, oil sheiks so evil. Huh? They live in palaces. You know, You know, Isaiah Isaiah uh, i trying to remember where it was in there. I have it marked in my Bible, but it's, it's, it's an ancient verse. Isaiah 26. Ten says this: Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness and land of the upright of uprightness. Will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord? You can show favor to the wicked, but if the man's wicked, he's going to do wickedly. Because a man sins because he's a sinner. That's who he is. That's who he is. And so, but when we learn Christ. We, when we, when we, when we been taught by Christ, the spiritual life instructs us in the physical. It instructs the physical. It brings about changes in the physical life. Uh, it begins to work on the physical life and brings the body into subjection. You know, the, you know, controlling the physical features and so on and so forth. Uh, it, it develops physical life. You know, taking. Care of physical needs, physical demands, and bringing them into submission to the Word of God. And really, what you see here in this chapter, from verse twenty one on, is that being explained. Because then you under when you when you receive spiritual life, we learn Christ. We learn what God's law is, what God expects, what is right. Not only in the sight of God, but what God designed to be right in the sight of man. How to treat each other. If you notice in verse 22 he starts off that you put off concerning the former conversation you old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. So now that you've been given spiritual life what follows is you start putting off the corruptness of the old human nature. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That's, that's what man is. But when, when, when the Lord gives new life, spiritual life, which is really divine life, you nobody and see again the liberal philosophy is everybody has a spark of divinity. That's that's where that's the preface they start from. Everybody has a spark of divinity. So if if you just fan that, you know, if if we give the, uh, the the ayatollahs of Iran and all these people, if we give them some money, they'll be they'll be nicer. You know, we all know that a kid that gets everything you want, it's usually not the kid that's kind and nice to his parents. It's one that's taught what is right and disciplined in what is right. And so, the same is true when we receive the divine life of God, it begins to teach us. It begins to teach us that you put off, verse 22, the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to seek for lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind begins to be renewed or changed, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know, the natural man is not capable of righteousness. He's not capable of holiness. But when we receive the divine life of Christ, it be, this becomes part of our physical life. And it's a learning process. Uh, it, it is an acquired skill by study and instruction. You know, again, how do we learn it? By letting the Spirit of God speak to us through the Word. Remember that Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So as we spend time listening to the preaching and teaching the Word of God, and also in reading the Word of God... What we're, we're, the Spirit of God is then, then, He is talking to us. He's talking to us. Not like we talk to each other, but, he is, but it is in, in a similar vein because we now have spiritual life like God, a God likeness, a relationship with Him, and He can talk to us through His Word. Because they are Spirit and they are life. Look at Romans chapter 8 again in verse 13 and 14. Romans 8. You know, this, this really, is, Romans 8 talks a lot about this very thing. Uh, look at, we'll actually look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So to be spiritually minded brings life, it brings peace. Into one's life. It's, it, and really, what you see here is, it's affecting the physical. It affects the physical life. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. So, so when, when a, a spiritual-minded man is then subjecting himself to the law of God, so then that in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the spirit is dead because the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. In other words, it's living because of righteousness. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. So he he continues to give your your uh, give life your mortal bodies by His spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live out the flesh. For if you live out to the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So again, as we, as we listen to the Word of God being taught, preached, and then reading the Word of God, and allowing the Spirit of God, you know, listening uh, with our heart to receive His Word, He begins to change our physical life and bring it into conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this isn't a visual thing. This is through hearing, reading. But it is a reality. Just as much as I can see you and you can see me is a reality. This also is a reality. So he, just, he instructs us. He instructs us in, in, in the physical things. And, and you know all these things that he talks about, are physical that you put on. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That, that is affecting your your physical mind. So it's begin to transform your mind. You know, Romans twelve two says that we're to be uh, uh, transformed by the renewing of the mind. You know, we all we all have corruption in our minds. If you live in this world, you're going to have corruption in your mind. I mean, you're born with it. Because you have a corrupt nature. So we're born with corruption. And, and 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 as we live in this world, we see and hear corrupt things every day. You know, I was reading, uh, I'm reading John Christensen. It's a book on volume one on Baptist history. And one of the things that's kind of struck me, and I, I just read a missionary story at C.T. Studd also, And one of the things, you know, in in John Christian's book, he said, the thing they read more than anything else, Baptists. He's talking about during the Reformation period, you know, they're being persecuted. The thing that they read most, more than anything else, was the Bible. More than anything else. Do we read the Bible more than anything else? And, you know, C.T. Sudd, one of the things he said was, you know, don't read anything else on the weekends but the Bible. That's why you and you read the Bible more than any other book. You know, some books are helpful, and books can be helpful, they can broaden your learning. But you know, the Bible is a living book. It's different than any other. You can read the Bible over and over and over again and get new things every time every time I just I told my wife this evening I'll tell you about it sometime but I just had a, I was in the shower I, I said I come out and I said I just had an epiphany a revelation from the Bible it's not new it's been there all the time I just never thought it through before and I've read this Bible through more times than I'm years old See, there's something new every time you read it, because it's a living book. It's a living book. And it will change your life, your physical life. You read it, and that's what he's talking about. You put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness, true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. You see, these all has to do with the physical body. That's the, the, that has to do with the tongue. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, if we are members of one of another. Be angry and sin not. It has to do with our, our, our relations with one another. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, wrath. neither give place to the devil. Let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, the use of edifying, and may minister grace unto the hearers. So all these things have to do with physical life and our interaction with others and has to do with uh natural law, the laws of God governing relationships between men and men, women and women. It reveals to us the nature. You know the Bible reveals to us the nature. You know when you when you really when you get you you, you really don't know. It's impossible for a person to understand their own nature until they get saved. And really get right with God. It's really only then that you can really see yourself for who you really are. And in fact, I believe it is, this, and I was reading, if you read Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, you'll see this in that book. The, the closer you get to God, the more you realize what you really are in the sight of God. How wicked you really are. So so, the, so this, all, this is all a result of receiving that things of the spirit, spiritual truths from the Word of God. Spiritual life instructs us. And again, it teaches us, and it teaches us to make right choices, uh, to change and put off our, the corrupt things of our life, and put on those things that are after the new man, after created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's a putting off. You know, these, these learning require choices. There's a putting off and putting on, and it will be brought about, by again, by the transforming of the mind, not just conforming. You know, people can conform. In fact, I read just this week, I don't know if any of you saw it, that there's a group it's believed that it's grooming fake Republicans to run in elections, who are really Democrats at heart. So what do they do? They conform you know, this is how deceitful the wicked are. They conform to Republican ideas in their campaign trail. And we know this. Look at some of the ones that are already in office. In fact, a lot of them that talk a conservative talk on the campaign trail and then when they get in office we wonder what in the world happened to them? See, that's conforming. That's just fitting in. That's just that's just being, you know, it's being like a, a chameleon. Wherever you are, that's how you are. That's conforming. No. The Bible talks about when the Spirit of God works in your life, there's a transformation. It changes you from the inside out. And what you are, you are. It means to take on a new mind, a new heart. It, you know, Paul said in, you know, three times, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, he was a follower of Christ. It makes one a disciple of Christ. Uh, so, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews thirteen, you were to follow, uh, were to follow the faith of those in spiritual leadership. Uh, no, noting it says in uh, the end of their conversation, you know, the end is not really the end of their physical life, but the manner in which they closed a well spent life as exhibited by their spirit and dying. That's the idea. So so following their end, you know, what is their attitude through trials, hardships, misunderstandings, you know, challenge, you know you know, things okay you you you, you, know, you you've been in some of you haven't been to other churches, but but you know you, you know, I've been in churches long enough to know that bad things happen in churches. And you know what some people do when bad things happen in churches? They quit going to church. Do you know that churches are made up of people who are just sinners saved by grace? And there's going to be things happen in churches that are difficult to deal with. So you just quit going to church? You know, that's the same philosophy the world is saying because a policeman may unjustly shoot somebody. Let's just get rid of all the police. And all police are bad. That's you know that's that's what they're trying to say. We'd say that's nonsense. Well, the same is true about churches. Uh, You know, James says, "Hence come wars and fightings among you." There was war and fightings in the church. There was divisions in the church. Whenever there's people, you're going to have divisions sometimes, misunderstandings. But we shouldn't quit. No, it it should not affect our relationship with the Lord. It should drive us to the Lord. That's what it should do. It, it should make us, you know, I'm reading that book about Iwo Jima. And I mean, it, it looked like it was hopeless. and And, you know, they even talked about pulling back, but they said, if you know, if we pull back for a little time, it's going to embolden the enemy. And so they caused them to dig in and fight even harder. Though there was a Marine, I'm not sure, I'm trying to remember now, if it was just a Marine. Or, you know, there was a lot of Navy people killed that day, that, during that battle, too. But there was at least, I, I know this much, there was at least an American soldier killed every 51 seconds during that battle can you imagine every 51 seconds so we just quit no you see they had to take that island because it saved many lives later on you know We can't just quit because we get offended. We can't just quit or turn away from God because something didn't go the way we want. You know, we need to spend time with the Lord every day. You know, it's a habit just like eating. So when you quit eating, you can quit reading. You know, Job said, I've esteemed his word more, more than my necessary food. See, it is spiritual nourishment for your soul and your body. It gives life, vitality, purpose, and meaning to life. You need to, you know, First Thessalonians 5 says, despise not prophesy. You need to be faithful in church. You need nourishment of preaching and taught word. And yes, not every message is as helpful as the others. Some foods are more helpful than others. So should you quit eating because some foods are better than others? No. No, we have to continue learning, growing, applying the spiritual. And when we when we apply the spiritual to our life, it's then we begin to understand and comprehend our meaning and purpose in life. You know, success in business comes through from continued learning. Um, you know, many businesses eventually close because they don't continue to re-examine and improve themselves. I mean, you could you imagine trying to run a business nowadays without a computer yeah you know, how you know you know some businesses shut down because they can't they they don't want to uh or you know, maybe a mom and pop store and and they're not going to um you know update so they just you know sell out but no this is you know we we it, we have to continue we have to continue to work so we must learn this it's a continual process. Continual process. And so, again, we need to take the time. We need to allow the Spirit of God to speak our hearts through His Word. You know, they are Spirit and they are life. The Word of God is life giving, life giving. It can change your attitude, it can change your outlook. It can change your conduct and it can change your relationships. Not just with the Lord but with all those around you. You think about the life of the Apostle Paul. Once he heard the voice of the Lord and said, Lord, what shalt thou have me to do? It changed his life 180 degrees. It made a new man out of him. A new man. That's the power of the word of God. But it is spiritual. It is spiritual. It's not as easy to us as seeing it. It requires a little more effort because we don't see it. What we only see is the fruits of it. But we need to to take the time, put in the effort, to allow the Lord to teach us and instruct us by His Spirit. Let's pray.